And for some reason, we've equated that if it's hard, then that means we did good or then that means we can feel accomplished. But if it is easy but sustainable, we don't get to feel as proud. This is the biggest load of BS I think we have ever learned as a society. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today, I want to talk to you all about a recent experience I had with a running story, um, actually. I was on a run not too long ago. It was my very, very, very first run of the season. For those of you all who don't know, I am in Chicago, and shock of shocks, the Midwest gets cold in the winter. And with the temperatures the way that they were, and especially with the sidewalks the way that they were from the snow and the ice, I was unable to run for like three plus months, and that was really hard. I'm not going to lie. It was really hard to not be able to do something that is a part of my identity, is that a part of who I am. Um, Obviously, in normal times, it would not be that big of a deal. Going to the gym, running on a treadmill for a few months would not be that bad. However, my partner and I have made the very conscious decision not to go to our gym, um, just with the way that things are in our city. And I was so excited when I saw that we were going to be in like the 30s on a weekend um, a few weekends ago. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I could cry. Like I actually did cry from joy of just knowing like I can actually go run again. This feels so good. I'm so excited. I was totally building myself up to it. I was ready. I was so jazzed in my head. Of course, I was like, I want to do 10 miles. I want to go all out. And of course, my body was like, no, (laughs) like, no, you're not doing that. You're going to do two and see what happens. And for me, who did a half marathon and running like five miles was pretty regular on like a morning for me, just doing two was like, okay, we're taking a step back. This is good. I'm resting, whatever. And let me tell you, we started the run and immediately my sides start hurting. Like my, like when, when you're running, if you start too fast, you get a side stitch, which is a lot of the reason why I hated running for so long. And why I was like, this is impossible is because when I was like running on a treadmill or something like that at the gym, when I didn't know how to run with proper form, I would start at this insane speed 
for my body, it didn't seem insane in my head. It felt like, oh, I can go harder. I can go further. Sound familiar? Um, But I would start running and I would immediately get this horrible pain in my side. Like this just like stitch that was just like, (gasps) and it made like breathing impossible. It made this whole experience horrible, just awful. And immediately I started to feel that like less than 15 seconds into the run. And I was like, okay, like I, I, I've seen this healing before. I'm just going to keep breathing and see what happens. Apparently slowing down didn't really um, come to my mind or stopping and walking for a second. I still have my perfectionistic moment, guys. I, I'm not perfect. But um, I, we did the full two miles and I was like, by the end, I was breathing like I was giving birth, I swear. <laughs> And at the very end, I we came back in and I was so sad because I was like, I've lost all momentum. I, I can't believe I can't even do that, blah, blah, blah. And I talked to my dad, who's been running for many, many, many years. And I asked him, I was like, what happened? Like, how did this go down? And he was like, how fast were you running? And I was like, I don't know, my normal pace. And he goes, that's the problem. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. I can't believe that is really now not my normal pace. It was already slow. I am not a fast runner, y'all. I am very slow when it comes to running. And I love it because it's what works for me. I don't push myself <laughs> normally. And he had mentioned, he was like, the next time you go on a run, slow your pace. Make it almost painfully slow where you're like, I don't know how I can run any slower. Where it like literally... People who are walking, like 80-year-old women walking on the sidewalk could out, or who can, who can outspeed you. They are walking faster than you are running. And immediately I'm like, girl, I don't want to do that. But of course, knowing that that's going to help, I was like, okay, swallowed your pride. You know, you can do this. And I remember from last year when I was doing my half marathon, I was using the Nike Run Club, which this is not an ad. I swear this is the golden app. I love this app so much because I always use it to track my runs, but they have guided runs. And I was like, I think they have a first run on there. And I've been recommending it to people and I've, I've used it a few times before. It's just been a really long time. And on the next run that I did, which was just a few days ago, I listened to it. It was 20 minutes. And by the time I got back, I was giddy joyful so freaking happy just like almost overflowing with emotion and just pride and joy because it felt good again now this is a very long introduction to say that this run this guided run that I did was the most perfect metaphor for goal setting I don't know if there's ever going to be one as good as this one. And before we get into the full meat of what they were talking about, I want to say that this is not just for running. This is for everything. This is for everything we do, especially underline, underline, italicize, highlight, especially as overachiever perfectionist types. Because this is something I learned a long time ago. When we push ourselves too hard, it curates the entire experience to be hard. 
And for some reason, we've equated that if it's hard, then that means we did good or then that means we can feel accomplished. But if it is easy but sustainable, we don't get to feel as proud because if it's easy, then for whatever reason, it doesn't mean that we pushed ourselves enough and it doesn't mean we get to feel accomplished. This is the biggest load of BS I think we have ever learned as a society. That in order to feel proud of ourselves, we need to push through something so hard, almost to the point of painful collapse, aka burnout, anxiety, everything. That only then we're allowed to feel like we did a good job. And to be honest, normally we even don't feel that. Normally we'll feel good for 20 seconds and then look for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until we don't even feel good about the things that we push through anymore. Instead, I invite you to start thinking about this and we'll go through what the guided run was saying that freaking blew my mind in a second, but I want you to start inviting this style of thinking. If I let things be easy, but so but you're still putting one foot in front of the other, but things feel filled with ease that you can actually sustain this and go on forever, that is where progress over perfection comes in. That is where progress, which is, by the way, one of the, like, scientists have discovered that one of the biggest correlations between humans who are so fulfilled, so happy, so incredibly joyous on a day-to-day basis, scientists have discovered that the reason, the major denominator is that people prioritize progress, not achievement. And I freaking love that. I love that so much. It's honestly the foundation of how I coach And it's the foundation of who I am as a human being and as a growth seeker. So some of the things that this coach talked about on the run, which by the way, if you have not, if you are someone who wants to run or someone who wants to enjoy running or someone who honestly is a runner already, I cannot recommend this app more. I really love it, especially if you're someone who likes to have a little bit more guidance. They're so, I love their guided runs. They're awesome. But the reason I think that this one impacted me so much is because at the very beginning, because the coach comes on, I think Coach Bennett is his name, the coach comes on and he says, you should start so slow that it should feel uncomfortable. And at first I was just like, bitch, what? Like, why? I'm running. I should be going. But he kept talking and it started making more sense. (laughs) When you push yourself too hard at the beginning, it can be at the beginning of a run, at the beginning of going after your goal, at the beginning of a week, it sets the tone for the remainder of the duration. It sets the tone. And if you start off too fast, it can be really painful, aka the stitch in your side, or It can be immediately where you're pushing yourself and having to set a new standard every day because you already started at level 100. 
So he starts off by saying you should be going so slow that you want to push harder, but don't. Because what you're doing is you're warming your body up to the run. Now, I thought this was great because obviously you're warming your body up to a new lifestyle whenever you're going after a goal. If you wanted a goal of making a million dollars and you immediately went from zero to 100, aka you're suddenly plopping yourself down in the middle of a life of someone who is making and working a million dollars a year, making a million dollars a year, doing that lifestyle, doing that work, you are going to be like, what the fuck is happening around me? I don't know who to go to. I don't know what to do, blah, 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 blah. However, if you warm yourself up, it's what we've been talking about, this two degree shifts, one foot in front of the other. If you go after one thing that's going to get you closer to it, then you go after another, then another, then another. You don't have to go from zero to 100. It is about going from zero to one, one to two, two to three. Do you understand what I'm saying here? It's really important. And one of the things that about like two to three minutes into the run, he was saying, you need to be able to have a full conversation. You should be able to look over to the person you're running with or to imaginary me, I think he said, and be able to have a full blown conversation because your breath is in so much control. You're able to have a full conversation because you're not pushing yourself too hard and panting and desperately trying to get breath into your body. Instead, you're able to breathe with ease because you're going slow, because you're warming yourself up to it. And this got me thinking, what if breath was like taking breaks? You should be able to take a break with no guilt, with no strain, Do you hear me, perfectionists, overachievers? You should be able to stop and take a break and say, okay, I did so great today. I'm right now refueling my body. When you're breathing, honestly, every day, when you're breathing at any moment of any day, but especially when you're doing exercise, you're getting oxygen into your muscles, which is able to put one foot in front of the other for you. The same thing is with breaks. When you are taking a break, you're pouring You're pouring love and rest and energy into your cup so that you're able to put one foot in front of the other. You're able to make those muscles work for you. Do you have a big, hairy, scary, audacious goal and you are ready to freaking tackle it? But maybe you feel stuck and you don't know where to start or worse, you feel like you're not enough to achieve it? If that sounds familiar, then you might be a great fit for my one-on-one coaching program. If you're ready to learn more, go ahead and send me an email at hello at lifecoachbaker.com and we'll set up your free 30-minute discovery call. Link to my email is in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Next, he popped in and he said that backing off is smart backing off as intellectual, that when we push ourselves too hard, we think that that's making us smarter. We think that that's making us more badass, more impressive, when in actuality, it's hurting us. Now, honestly, when we're exercising, when we're in um, beast mode, when we're pushing ourselves too hard at the very beginning, when we're pushing ourselves, you can hurt your muscles. You can hurt your um, body in ways that I 
am not qualified enough to talk about. However, in goal setting, if you're pushing yourself too hard, you can put strain on your body because you start to negatively associate this goal and this progress. You start to put an association of growth and progress with pushing and burnout. And we create, when we create that painful association, shock of shocks, we don't want to continue on doing it. When we create, when we connect pain to something that we want through exhaustion, burnout, strain, we want to do less of it. It's not rocket science. So when you are looking at going after your goal and you're putting too much pressure on it, you are allowed to ease off. It is smart to ease off. It is intellectual to ease off. Maybe not necessarily with what it is you're like going after, but the pressure you're putting on yourself to go after it. You do not, again, you do not have to go from zero to 100. It is about putting one foot in front of the other. There is a reason that when I teach my goal setting workshop, I tell people I want them to do two to three things a week for their goal. And normally the overachievers in the room will freak out by that. They'll say, not 15, not 20. You don't want me to do things every second of every day, every break that I possibly have. You don't want me to work every single second of the day. And I say, no, because if you do that, you're going to start resenting the goal you're going after because you're pushing yourself too much because you're putting too much pressure on yourself. However, if you're approaching every work session, every moment that you're going after your goal with a place of ease and alignment, that is like starting off the run slow. That allows for all the sustainability down the line because you're not exhausting your fumes. In fact, you're replenishing them as you go along. It's like a cycle. It's like one of the recycle signs where it's just never ending. It's just circle back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. When you're doing that, it's forever. You can run forever if you go slow enough. Well, maybe not forever, but you can run for a long ass time if you go slow enough at the beginning because you're not pushing right off the bat. You're not straining yourself right off the bat. Does that give you permission to? No, (laughs) don't hurt yourself. But literally he said, and I agree, that at the end of the run, you feel like you should be able to go two, three, four more miles. And I agree. At the end of a goal, you should feel like you can go more, 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 more goals. However, and this is the last tight thing I'll touch on, you should not only feel proud of yourself when you hit the finish line. In fact, when I was on this guided run, they stopped about a minute or two before the end of the run to say, start feeling proud now. Feel proud now, not when you finish, now. Same thing goes for you. If you have even done two things for your goal in the past four months, you should feel proud now. Not only when you finish, not only when you've hit level 100. You can feel proud at levels one, two, three. Because if you do that, what we're doing is we're associating joy in the progress, not pride and accomplishment in the finish line. Pride and accomplishment only in the finish line does not lead to a happy, fulfilled life, period. 
However, we've become a society that is only chasing after the finish line. We will not let ourselves feel happy until we've hit the finish line. And then when we do hit the finish line, we don't let ourselves feel happy because then we start looking for the next finish line. However, if we feel proud every single step of the way, every single progress moment, that is sustainable. That will create long-term success in your goal. Hope this blew your mind. And I hope that this experience, this metaphor really allowed you to think about your goals in a new way. Again, I'm going to leave you with this. You do not have to push. In fact, please don't. Pushing is not the outcome we want. Being pulled because you're so in alignment, you're so excited, you feel so passionate and filled with purpose for what you want and you feel proud of yourself every step of the way, that is the goal here. I love you guys. I hope you found some good stuff in this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or share it on social media and tag me at Life Coach Baker. I would love to reshare it and send you all the love and the kisses in the world. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Now, don't forget to go and get your free five-day mindset makeover by going to lifecoachbaker.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. Until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.